Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good afternoon, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Kimberly Osgood, your host for Smart Money Moves. And our topic today is Free Yourself Through Digital Entrepreneurship. And our special guest today is Mr. Armand Santos with DigiNet Corp. Good afternoon, Armand. How are you? Good afternoon, Kimberly. I am doing really good. Thank you for having me here. You're welcome. I'm so glad you're our guest today. Now, as I mentioned, our topic is Free Yourself Through Digital Entrepreneurship. But before we get to that topic, uh, tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself, your business, and what it is that you do. Oh, great. Um, so we've been, DigiNet has been around since 07, 2007, and we've, had, we've made several different changes throughout the years. Uh, in the beginning, we focused on, on uh, spreading information about uh, first-time home buying programs. We just really wanted to help people by presenting information that they didn't normally run across. And so now what we do is we educate people about online entrepreneurship. And uh, we, uh, we've, done, we've done this uh, through the Urban League, the LA Urban League, where we met. Mm-hmm. We also do it uh, through the, the, uh, the, co- the colleges. So we service the LA Community College District. So we make mobile apps for them and websites, and we do educational seminars. We do – basically, it's all about information. Oh, great, great. Now, how did you get started? What prompted you to do this business? Well, it's funny. We were originally involved in marketing. And, of course, marketing over the years has changed heavily, and it is really – a lot of it is done online. And we discovered that people did not know a lot about the online environment. And, you know, everybody is online. I mean, like, we, we get, we, is it fair to say that almost everybody is involved in something online nowadays? Right. I mean, people are – I mean, if you have a phone in your pocket, likely it's a smartphone. Right. I, I can, I'm trying to think if I know anybody who doesn't have a smartphone, and, you know, even my parents have them. So it's one of those things where there is a computer in your pocket at all times. And right. everyone, is, everyone is accessing that to try to find out what to do. You know, they want to know where to go, what to see. They want reviews. They want to learn how to do things. Mm-hmm. And that activity online, you know, they're online as consumers. And they don't know it, but they're just them being online is allowing other people to get paid. Right. And, you know, and, and, I mean, it's, there's nothing nefarious about it. It's, it's, it's a great system. It's just that I think more people need to know how those people get paid because almost anybody can be online getting paid. I mean, there's, right. not, there's no barriers to entry there, zero barriers right. to entry. Right. And that's, that's really what we evolved into doing. We evolved into teaching people about what's happening on, in the online environment so they can make a choice. You know, do mm-hmm. I want to be just a consumer? Or do I want to be involved in the commerce side as well? Okay, okay. Now, we're, we're going to also be dealing with the importance of entrepreneurship, and which mm-hmm. I believe is very important. I really do believe in that. And we saw a lot of entrepreneurial 
ideas and things coming into fruition over the past two years when the pandemic hit because, you know, suddenly people lost their jobs, their businesses closed down, and they began coming up with other business ideas. With that in mind, how has the online world impacted entrepreneurship? Well, you know, it's great we're talking about entrepreneurship because I think it's, you know, it's vital for people to understand that you're not going to achieve what we consider the American dream, working a nine-to-five somewhere for somebody else. Correct. You know, you have to be an entrepreneur if you're going to get the things that you really want. And in the past, entrepreneurship has had so many barriers to entry. You know, in the, what we consider the quote-unquote real world or the brick-and-mortar world, you have to have investments. You have to have mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's so many things that you need to succeed out there, right? And not everybody can compete in that space. But um, the digital world has impacted entrepreneurship in, in, I think, the main way is it's allowed almost anybody to consider being an entrepreneur. I mean, mm-hmm. online, you don't need a lot. And, you know, but it's, it's a matter of knowing what's available, right? right. So the online environment has impacted entrepreneurship by giving more people opportunities than ever before. And the mm-hmm. cool thing about the pandemic, if there is anything cool about the pandemic, is it has <laughs> forced people to pivot. You know, it's right. forced people to look at things that they should have been looking at for a really long time. Right. Yeah, because I know there were some businesses that weren't able to pivot over into the online mm-hmm. sector. Like, for instance, there's a beauty supply uh, place that I used to go to. I think they were in business like over 30 years, right? And they wound up going out of business because, yeah. you know, it was it was a brother and sister. The brother handled the store where, you know, he sold the beauty supply products. The sister handled the beauty salon. You remember how a lot of times they kept opening and closing, opening and closing salons. Yeah. Salons had to close down. So it affected her to the point where the two of them together couldn't pay the lease amount. So they went out of business. Now, what could they have done? In their case, I mean, what would you think they, and I, you know, obviously you can't do hair online, but what do you think yeah, they could yeah. have done to maintain, maybe put their products online or? Now, there, now there's, there's a funny question. I mean, like they, they could have done that. And that's actually what most people think first. When I, when I have a brick and mortar business, if I have a beauty salon or a restaurant, the first thing I think of the online world for is I want to sell my products there. I want to mm-hmm. be able to, to, or, to have my store online and order from me so I can go ahead and fulfill uh, product sales online. And, you know, that, that's just a natural way to go, as how most people think. But right. what, what they could have done is, is, is okay, so I'm going to jump into how you make money online. The main way that most of the people that I work with make money online is not through the sale of anything, but through right. the presentation of information. So right. basically they write interesting articles about their topics that draw people in, and just the views on their pages pay them because mm-hmm. they have they have advertising, advertisements on their page. Right. So they make advertising revenue. And that's what they could have done. I mean, they, the topic of beauty is vast. I mean, and a lot of people are searching for it. So if they were to post articles on the, on the website about their topic, uh, they could draw in a lot of views. In fact, a lot of beauty bloggers make significant amounts of money. It's not so, mm. you know, as, as, and, you know, as a beauty shop, and you said they also did, you know, did you, you mention the sister did hair as well? Yeah, she she ran the salon. He ran the the yeah, store okay. part. So they're they're both a salon and a store. So they do work in the beauty space. They don't just sell products. They could have done product reviews online, which would have mm-hmm. drawn in a bunch of views. They could have done um, how tos online. All the things that they would do in a salon, they would they would just show the process online, and that that would have drawn in views. Now it's it's not it's not unheard of for a for a business just starting out. To, to make it into within the first few months to make it into the $7,000 plus range monthly in terms of revenue. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that also isn't the norm. Right. So, I mean, like, it, it's, it's, you know, some of those scenarios where everybody experiences their own results. And the online world is no different than the brick-and-mortar world where 95% of businesses will fail within the first five years of operation. Right. But the difference in the online world is that you can fail forward, and that's your objective. You try something and see if it works, and if it doesn't work, you just change around what material you're presenting. Mm-hmm. It costs you nothing. So kind of like how a restaurant – and that's the problem. Say so restaurants, when they open up, they can't really experiment with the kind of food they serve to people. Because right. restaurants have identities, right? I mean, like, have you ever seen a restaurant that just serves anything? Mostly it's like, okay, if I want Mexican food, I go to a restaurant that specializes in Mexican food. Correct. Right? It would be weird to walk in that same restaurant next week and they're serving Chinese, right? Right. And then the next week they're serving something else. Or in the end, they're serving, like, a whole bunch of different things. And that's not how we look at restaurants. Mm-hmm. Right? We want the restaurants to have specific identities. But that's how the online world works. You can okay. you can vary through your topics and, okay. and try that to draw in the views. Yeah. So basically, but yeah, but, when so, no, go on. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. So basically, when someone has a brick and mortar business like this, brother and sister, uh, there are various ways they can leverage their online presence to make it grow. Mm-hmm. So basically, yes. they can do how-to videos. They can create well, interesting articles or. Yes, actually, if, if they were my client, and the, the clients do come to me to find out how to, to evolve their brick and mortars. Number one, um, I would I would leverage the, the, the online presence to en- to actually enhance their brick and mortar presence. So you would use it for marketing. Okay, so okay. you can you can use your online presence to drive people physically to your shop, and that's normally what you do in a non-pandemic environment. The pandemic mm-hmm. was different in that people weren't going to shops. Period. So you really couldn't do that. Mm. But you would use your online presence, number one, to drive people to your physical presence because there's no reason to not do that, right? So you would do that. You would, you would use your online presence to gamify your business. Like you, know, you can use mobile applications to do digital loyalty cards. There's a lot you can do to drive your physical business. But at the same time, you want to establish what we were just talking about, the, the online portion that doesn't involve product sales because – for most of my clients, the money they make from traffic, just the traffic alone and getting paid from ads, far outstrips the money they make from selling things. And in fact, most of them who start with selling things end up putting all their effort into driving traffic because they make so much more from it and it doesn't cost them anything. Because you've got to realize when you sell something, you know, let's say you have a, you have a, uh, a bottle a bottle of uh, it's funny, I just dyed my wife's hair this morning, so this is stuck in my head. You've, you've got a bottle of developer, right? If, mm-hmm. you, if you have to buy that bottle of developer and sell it to somebody for a profit, there's a cost for the purchase of it, and then how much you charge it for it, and your profit's in between, right? Right. And that's okay. how most product works. But in the digital world, you don't have that. So the, mm. your profit margins are really, really high. Your cost of products, like I have a client who did, what, they grossed $97,000 in one of their months, and uh, what they ended up netting was like 76 or 67. I thought it was 67. So out mm-hmm. of that, they had like less than a third was the cost of their of operation. Oh, okay. You, you don't okay. get that in the real world. Right, right. Well, uh, right now we're going to take a break, and um, 
take a moment to recognize one of our sponsors and partners. Um, Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be one of the largest private nonprofit universities founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you for your support, National University, and to all of our sponsors and partners. Now back to our show, which is Smart Money Moves, and with us today we have Armand Santos with DigiNet Corporation. And before the break, we were talking about uh, companies um, leveraging in brick-and-mortar companies leveraging into the online presence, and he was talking about different examples. Now you had also mentioned that um, it's it's not quite um, – it's easier to make a profit because you don't have um, – what were you saying? You can make a better profit. Um, it's something that there's an even playing field. But what yes. if I say to you, I'm not a techie. Can I really do this? Um, you know, let's, let's talk about that word techie. Oh, what, what, uh, that's the thing. Most people – a lot of reactions are like that. I'm not a techie. Can I do this? You don't have to be a techie. All, if, if, you, if you know how to use Facebook – Mm-hmm. You are technologically advanced enough to do this, pretty much. Right. So right. I, I would say that, you know, the kind of person who can't do this is the kind of person who does not know how to use a computer, period. Right? And a lot of people think that that's them, but people check emails every day, right? Correct. Um, and they're checking emails on their phone or on a computer or on, or on a tablet. Um, that's as technologically advanced as you need to be. Okay. Um, okay. If you, you know, 10-yard courses, you see what it takes – now, if you want to take this business to a whole other level, yes, you're going to need to acquire some technical skills, but you acquire that as you go along, right? Okay. If, okay. You, can, if you can open an email, um, then, you, then you've got what it takes to do this. If you can open an email and type a Word document, that's pretty much all it takes. So right. that's the only technical, tech, technology you really need. And even equipment-wise um, – to be able to successfully do this, pretty much all you need is, uh, at the very bare minimum, one of those Chromebooks. Okay. okay. <laughs> but if but if you want to if you want to do a good job with this, you you need like you know a standard laptop that any kid going to high school would use. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. And actually, that brings up a unique thing: is that age isn't a barrier either. Now we've seen people hopping into this in their 70s and 80s. Right. And at the same time, some of the most successful people hopping into this haven't even been old enough to drive yet. Mm. So, it's, I mean, it crosses all age barriers. You, you'd be yeah. surprised at the ages of people who find success in this are. Wow. So, I mean, wow. it's, it's, it's almost universal. That's good. So, really, um, you're basically saying it's, it's not too late. Anyone can get online. And so mm, some people yes. might say, well, the market is crowded. You have a lot of people on YouTube and have these, these. So pretty much it doesn't matter. Anybody who wants to do this can come on board and set up their site and do it and, and make That money. is correct. You know, and that's the thing. That's the other question. You know, is it too – people always think, you know, everybody wants to, quote, unquote, get in on the ground floor. Nobody right. wants to get into an oversaturated market. But, right. you know, and they may think this is an oversaturated market, but the market is just opening. I mean, we won't be oversaturated for a decade or maybe even more. Even even when you do get to the decade level, it's still there's still going to be opportunities because the majority of the world isn't even online yet. Oh, you know, that's, that's a, true. That's, that's, that's true. staggering. Yeah. You know, that's staggering to think. 
you know, even in America, you know, we think of ourselves as a, as an advanced community, but um, there are vast areas of this country that don't have dedicated internet service. Right. Mm. And as, and as those communities get online, the market expands. Here's, here's a funny thing to think about when, when people compare the online world and business there to like, you know, e-commerce, let's say to regular brick and mortar, we always think like, okay, there's too many Italian restaurants. So if there's an Italian restaurant on one street, there's not room for another. That's the general thinking, and that's, that's correct because uh, they're going to cannibalize each other's, each other's markets, right? Right. But online, you can have thousands of the same kind of sites because people browse sites quickly to get information. Mm-hmm. If, when, if I want to learn how to boil an egg, I will, I will access at least four to five different sites within the first five minutes to try to compare their instructions to see the one that I like the best. Okay. And every site that I visit, they're getting paid for my visit. So there's, there's room for a lot of – yeah, there's, the market is not anywhere near saturated yet. It's, it's going to be a while, and now's the time to get in because the, the opportunity will be around for quite a while. Okay. And now, just in case our listeners, I'm sorry, just in case our listeners may want to reach you after our show, how would you like our listeners to get in touch with you? Oh, uh, two ways. Um, we are currently revamping the website to because we, we have been dealing with small private groups, so now we're, we're making it more accessible to the public. The website that you can go to is diginetcorp.com, which is spelled D-I-G-E-N-E-T, corp.com and DigiNet actually stands for Digital Entrepreneurship Network because mm-hmm. that's what we want to do is we want to try to encourage people to open their eyes to digital entrepreneurship and so okay. that's one way DigiNetCorp.com they can also email me at my first initial A my middle initial P is in Peter last name Santos S-A-N-T-O-S at DigiNetCorp.com Great, great. And I will attest to him. Armand is great. I've known him since 2019, and I'm actually in his class, and I'm learning how about digital entrepreneurship, and my goal is to become monetized so I can make money. So it's really an excellent <laughs> thing. <laughs> and, yeah, and, now, and, you know, sir, and that's the funny part. For a, a lot of people, that's what, I mean, of course, you know, you want to make money. But, uh, but a lot of people find, find a lot of personal satisfaction in what they publish. You know, for mm-hmm. some people – you know, we like – I don't like to say it as much, but it's, it's one of those turning your passion into profit type scenario. See, as right. long as your passion is in line with a lot, of people's other pa- a lot of other people's passion, you can take something you're extremely passionate about and just, you know, you know just um, what's it called, um, indulge in a hobby and make money. Um, it's, 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 a great, it's a great way to take something you love and, and, uh, and find a career doing it. Right, because I love travel, and so my site is about travel. It's called Kim's Travel Life, mm-hmm. so I'm writing articles about travel, and Armand is teaching us different things to do. <clears throat> so I'm really excited. It's a weekly class, and I just love it. Now, tell our audience how much is really needed, um, uh, how much you need to prepare to invest in getting into a business online. Okay. Now, that's, that's the funny part. Um, a lot of people, I mean, most people think it takes more than it really does. Realistically speaking, if you want to get into this, um, all you need, well, number one, you need a computer of some sort, whether it's a Chromebook or it's a standard laptop or you do, you do it for a living like me and you have something that can, like, launch a space shuttle. But um, you just need something basic, and most people have that already. So the, if, if you don't, about 350 will get you what you need. 
in the computer. Okay. Right? But most people have a computer already. After that, you need to pick out whatever name you're going to have online. And I always suggest people start off with their own, their own names because that way they can start right away rather than fiddling around to figure out something perfect. So, for example, DigiNetCorp.com, or in your case, KimsTravelLife.com. Mm-hmm. That costs about 20 bucks a year. Okay? Right. So let's say $20 for that. And then the little domain privacy, little, little, little things. And then there's the hostings. You have to host every site. So between the name and the hosting, it's like 120 bucks for the first year. And then you have to have a theme on the site to be able to structure the site. So when people look at it, it looks like a website. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about the kinds that we use are about the neighborhood of 125 bucks. So what are you talking about? So between hosting, theme, and domain, was like 250 mm-hmm. So it's around 250 and you've got exactly what you need. In fact, one of my clients started out with exactly that. And after, what, six years of operation, they were netting over $100,000 a month. Wow. So wow. it's weird. You can, you can, everybody starts there. Everybody starts with, and, you know, there's, I'll tell you the name of a really big company. They're called IAC. Mm-hmm. Uh, they run a, a group of sites like I describe, and uh, they're one of the most successful groups doing it, and their quarterly revenues are millions of dollars. Like, I think it's hundreds of millions per quarter is what mm-hmm. they do. And they started in the same place too. So setting up one of their sites only costs like 250 so it's weird how scalable it is. You can start at 250 and you can try to make, you know, at, so with a startup cost of 250 you could your target could be making 100,000 bucks a year. With the mm. same startup cost of 250, your target could be making a million dollars a year. Mhm. So mm-hmm. the starting point is the same, it's kind of cool. And in, in in today's world realistically, I don't think I mean unless you are Still living when you like, if you're a 12 year old living your parents maybe, maybe 250 is not there for you but if if you're earning minimum wage somewhere you can you can draw you can drum that up <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's not it shouldn't be something that stops anybody right now do you recommend someone doing more than one site or more than one topic you know let's say in they the have one site no. set up oh not in the beginning okay in the beginning I mean because I think because people can be can, people can get distracted by the parts of the business that don't matter. Right, mm-hmm. the parts that they—that's the funny part. The parts that you like are the parts that kind of slow you down. Okay. Because the first thing you got to do is get your site monetized, approved to collect ad revenue by Google AdSense. Mm-hmm. And so, it's easiest to just start up one in the beginning and get that approved, because now now you have experience getting that done, and from there you can branch out. So okay. I, I know people who run multiple sites. There's mm-hmm. a guy that uh, there's a guy on YouTube. And he has this crazy YouTube channel that's making a lot of money now, but he funded it in the beginning because he was losing money with it in his early days. He was mm-hmm. funding it with his websites. Oh, okay. So he, he had five or six sites running that paid him a good deal of money so he can waste money on YouTube making a car channel. Mm-hmm. And now that, 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 uh, that revenue stream is big too. So, yeah, so, yeah he, uh, he started one site in the beginning, got it monetized, got, got his experience, and then started creating other sites based on topics he felt would make money. And those topics okay. really I mean the main ones are all lifestyle topics, food, travel, fashion, fitness, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I have online, I run across people with sites, blogging sites, and, you know, you look at them, like there's a young woman who used to attend my church, and she has this really beautiful site, and she deals with, you know, like um, – 
lifestyle. She does. Uh, I guess she has. She's a sponsor with certain beauty products, and and I really wonder how monetized she really is because I don't see any ads. I mean, so you have people out there that have sites because they want to write something or they want to put stuff out, but they may not really know what the next step is in really making money. Mm -hmm. So I think what you do is really, really important. In fact, I know a few people, they're young people, who are blogging about fashion or about lifestyle or what have you, and you can tell from their site because there are no ads or they don't have like some kind of code where you click on to buy something. So it's obviously they're not really making the money that they should make. And I think you have many a lot of people, people out there who just don't understand. Many people leave money on the table. That, mm-hmm. That's that's the truth about – because what happens is, is a, lot of, a lot of them stumble into this accidentally. And right. when they stumble into it accidentally, it happens organically. They, they stumble into one way of monetizing, and they never look at the rest of it. A perfect example, like, like, you're, like the person you know from church, she's probably got sponsors. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so – she got sponsors earlier, maybe maybe partway into her journey, she got sponsors, and that's what she's stuck with, and she doesn't realize that there's so many other forms of monetization that the same content can give to her, and mm-hmm. she just never chases it. Like a lot yeah. of people with YouTube channels, they never go beyond that, and they really should because they're leaving a lot of money on the table. Like, right. Okay, so all, all of my clients, sponsorship forms a fraction, a small fraction of what they make. Most okay. of them make the bulk of their money through ad revenue. Ad revenue is so that's the, the key. Number. Ad revenue is really the key. The then. key, yes. It, and the funny part is also the free one in the beginning. You know, getting sponsorship is not easy. In order to get sponsorship, you have to demonstrate that you have an audience already. Mm-hmm. For most people, unless you're right. starting off with, a, if you're a celebrity, sponsorship is is different. Right. Um, if you are well known in an industry, like for example, one of my clients is a is a uh, known chef. She was able to get uh, equipment sponsors right away because people knew who were in that industry, right? So, for, but for most of us, sponsorship is secondary. Ad revenue is the first, and it should be the biggest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, name. I know in our class you talk about those five ways of money. You know, about ads, uh, sponsorships. I guess we can sell items. And oh, oh the, okay. Yes, there there are, there are five ways. So, so we're we're calling them now. We're referring to them as the five pillars of okay. all of the digital revenue, okay? So they are, and there's in no particular order, um, advertisement. So mm-hmm. making money from ads that run on your, on your digital properties is one way. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Other one is sponsorship. Okay, mm-hmm. Sponsorship is when you have an entity that you have a relationship with that pays you for content. Okay. Okay. Um, much, much the same way that you have sponsors on the show. Right. Okay. That's, that's a sponsor. So the difference, difference between ads and sponsors is that ad revenue, you have a relationship with an ad agency, and the ad agency just puts ads on your content, and you don't okay. know who those ads are going to come from. Okay? So you have a relationship with the agency but not the advertiser. Okay. In sponsorship, you have a direct, direct relationship with that sponsor. So okay. ads, sponsorship, then you have affiliate marketing, which mm-hmm. is a weird one. Affiliate marketing essentially is a referral percent for, for, for marketing somebody else's product. Okay. And that's a great one because it costs you nothing. Um, okay. You don't have to fulfill the. You don't have to fulfill product. You don't have to collect money. Nothing. You just basically successfully refer people to buy a product and you get paid. Okay. That's affiliate marketing. The third way that you can make money online is to actually sell a product yourself. The fourth way. Uh-huh. Okay. And that's funny. The funny thing is that fourth way is the one that most people gravitate towards in the beginning. But for most people I work with, that's the least money they make. Mm. Okay? 
The fifth way is something that not everybody transitions into, but it is, um, it is membership. So your content is, is uh, engaging in a way that people are paying to receive it every month. So a good example of that is, you know, like, oh, here's a good example. You know those Time Life, um, like, music series where you can, right. like, you know, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. You're paying every, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a form of membership. Subscription okay. is a form of membership. Okay. 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 Those are the five Sounds ways. Sounds good. And okay. everything online falls there. Okay, great. Now, uh, before we end, again, tell our audience um, how they can get in touch with you. Oh, yes, yes. So they can go to the website, which is currently being revamped to, I mean, to reflect a, a broader market, and that is diginetcorp.com, which is spelled D-I-G-E-N-E-T-C-O-R-P.com. And they can also email me if they want to ask me any direct questions, and I respond to them all. And, in fact, if you put your cell phone number there, I can text back and forth to you. The email is A as in Apple, P as in Paul, S-A-N-T-O-S, at dgnetcorp.com. Wonderful. And I would recommend those of you to please give him a call. He has, and one thing that's good about his class, it's, it's via Zoom right now. It's, you know, we switched over mm-hmm. to online you know, after the pandemic. But, so you don't have to be in L.A. You, you know, there's one young lady, I think she's in Florida. She connects yes, she online. Is. One person has a, um, um, an assistant and who's in the <laughs> Philippines, and she gets That's on right. sometimes. So you can be anywhere and take this class. It's an excellent class. I'm involved in it. I'm really excited. And I'd encourage any of you to contact Armand and help you, you know, make some money through digital entrepreneurship. Um, you know, it's, it's really important. It's out there. Um, and just like he said, it's not saturated yet because you have people in the, in the country who don't have Internet access, don't have computers, and even throughout the world. There are certain countries the where there isn't a lot of mm-hmm. um, things. But, um, yeah, this is wonderful, and um, hopefully everybody learned a lot, and they will get in touch with you. So uh, thank you very much, Amon, and that's our show for today. And I'd like to say thank you to Mr. Amon Santos for being my special guest, and a special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally, as we are an international show. After our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all subscription podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. We're expanding quickly to a daily radio show and podcast, so for now, we'll be back again for another live Women Lead Radio show on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. It has been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening, and have a great week. Thank you so much, Kim. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.